Welcome to the Propulsion Swimming Podcast, where we aim to give swimming the coverage and publicity it deserves. Every week, we celebrate the sport we love with amazing special guests and topics from around the swimming pool. And now, here are your hosts, Scott and Dan. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Propulsion Swimming Podcast. I'm your host Scott and with me again at the end of Zoom is Dan. <laughs> the I was going to say the phone call? Zoom? <laughs> yeah. No, it is a Zoom call. We obviously still can't go in each other's household so we're at the end of a Zoom call again. Yep, yeah, and on this week's episode we have some racing to talk about. Oh my god, I didn't see this coming. Um, well, when did we find out about this competition? About maybe a week or two before about ten, it ten started? 10 days, I think. Yeah, so actually, once we found out, we were like, oh, we've got to pounce on this. So on this week's podcast, we are talking about the Manchester International Swim Meet. Now, for anyone who didn't watch it on YouTube this weekend, it was an elite-only swimmers event put on by British Swimming and... Was it Manchester City of Manchester Aquatics Club and Manchester City Council? Now, they were very fortunate that this could go ahead in COVID times. It kind of it snuck up under the radar that this was even going on. But obviously, there was some massive planning behind the scenes to get this to happen. Well, we had a, a slight inkling when Matt Richards was on the show. And uh, he was talking about he was planning for a competition. And this was obviously it. And um, they did a really good job. I mean, all full credit to British Swimming, um, the city of Manchester, the Aquatics Centre there. Um, huge credit has to be given because obviously COVID is is getting better, but it's not where we need to present, be. Isn't and, it? Yeah, yeah, and for it to be held and every measure was put in place. As far as we know, everyone was negative as well, which was perfect. Mm. Um, so they did a really good job. Yeah, hats yeah. off to them. So what we're going to do in this podcast is we are going to go through kind of the positives of that meet. That there were a few negatives as well to kind of address. Um, we're going to pick out our standout swimmers because there were some incredible times, especially for the first long course racing in well over a year for a lot of these swimmers. Um, and then we're going to kind of debrief you all about something that happened over the weekend for us as propulsion swimming, something new, but I'll I'll, I'll leave that and I'll tease that there for you all. (laughs) <laughs> to, to keep them uh, watching and listening till the end, is that yeah, right? Yeah, that's the yeah. plan, that's the plan. <laughs> okay, so let's start with the positives. We had racing again in Britain. It was really good to see. Oh, honestly, it's it's been... We've missed it so much, haven't we? I mean, when was the last time? The last time, obviously, we watched on telly was the ISL. That the, was when, in November sort of time? Yeah, and then I think there was an open meet in March in Edinburgh. That in 2020, yeah. I believe, was the last one. Yeah, I mean, that's the best part of a year. Yeah. So the first time there's been racing on British soil, so it was an absolutely welcome sight for us to watch that. Um, and there and were some big was... names there. There was Adam Peaty, there were what Tom Dean, James Guy. There were all basically all the big names there, bar one or two. Yeah, I mean, Duncan Scott was probably the biggest name to not be there. Mm-hmm. But the majority of, like you say, the PTs, the Jimmy Guys, Freya Anton was there as well. Yeah. Um, so they, they did all pretty much turn up. And I suppose they kind of had to to get the rustiness off because some of them haven't swam for months, months yeah. and months. You do hope that this meet now becomes a sign that certain events can happen for them leading up to Tokyo because you really, really wouldn't want to go to Tokyo with just this meet. 
and just British champs under your belt. You'd like a few more. Yes, yeah. Well, we were questioning whether trials is actually going to go ahead. Um, and the fact that this competition has happened, um, it's all been safe. COVID measures, like I was saying earlier, mm. um, puts us actually, or puts me especially, in a very positive mindset that trials is certainly going to go ahead. Yes. It will be in the same sort of format, so there'll be no crowds um, and all that sort of stuff. But it's a good sign that that will happen. But in terms of racing more before Tokyo, that's a difficult one. I don't know whether that's going to happen. There, there, there might be a few more kind of behind closed doors meets that we don't know about going on. So obviously they have the venues that are open for training right now at Loughborough and at Bath. So you never know, they might have some inter-squad kind of time trials. That, that's probably, that probably would have been happening anyway. Um, but it, uh, Potentially, yeah. But, but the main positive from this weekend is trials is going to go ahead. I, I would, I, I, would so I would put that down now. Trials in April is going to go ahead for the elite swimmers we saw this weekend. Very mm. unlikely that it's going to be opened up to many more. I would kind of put a little asterisk next to it. Yeah, it's such a difficult because it's not guaranteed at all that mm. other swimmers can can take part in it. Um, I'm sure the qualifying times will still be out there for for swimmers to get. Yeah, with the with the hope that they could go. Um, but I think it's it's certainly going to go ahead for the elite swimmers. It's just unsure about the the other fringe swimmers, if you like. Then yeah, that. so those kind of on the borderlines who would be the so-called outside burners, a lot mm. of those wouldn't have been in the pool now for how long has lockdown been? Like three months? I can't. It feels like forever. Oh, it does feel. Don't ask me about that. I'm on full time furlough, as <laughs> I keep saying. So it it feels like it's been ten years. <laughs> so it, it like. I doubt we'd see them at British Trials, which is a massive shame because it's always a huge event. It is Olympic mm. Trials. It's not just British Trials. It's for the Olympics. So it's always good. Like, you can go around and say you swam at British Trials. It's something you do regularly. Yes, yes. Um, and the other side of it is that there's going to be no crowd there. Mm. Um, there, was, there wasn't much of an atmosphere at this no. uh, Manchester meet just because, just because no one was there. No one was really cheering. I'm not even sure you're allowed to cheer. Just because, I don't think you, know, you would be, no. No, no. So the atmosphere wasn't as good, and I'm expecting that for the, to be the same for, for trials as well. Mm. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. I mean, the big positive was that racing was back. Yeah, so. definitely. Okay, so as positive as it was to see racing on our screens again, on YouTube, on live streams, there were a few negatives. I like These are COVID cause of negative, I would say. Yeah. COVID I mean, cause wasn't... negative. I, I mean... The massive one for me was seeing swimmers swimming by themselves in finals, which, again, you can't really get around when there's such a small field of athletes there. But when it's a 50-meter, like, fly, there was one Mm. swimmer doing a 50-fly final. How hard is that for a swimmer to swim by themselves? Not ideal. Not ideal at all. Um, And we saw that with quite a lot of para finals actually yes. didn't we um and like you said the 50 fly with jacob peters he swam that by himself he set a new pb amazingly <laughs> he did he did um the only thing i can think of is that because it's olympic year uh 50 fly and all the, well, basically all the 50s aren't in the olympics no. so maybe maybe they're not targeting that that sort of event and that's the reason why there was only one or two uh, swimmers taking part in it that's the only thing i can sort of think of yeah maybe not but at the same time it, it's a 50 fly why not give it a go give him someone to race because it i'm amazed he hit a pb because it is really really hard to set a really fast time when you're the only one in the water i mean 
Yeah. We we spoke about it, and no world record has ever been set by a swimmer swimming by themselves. Oh, no, never. I mean, my mindset it would probably be the same as those swimmers in the pool, that you need someone to race against to try and spur you on. Exactly. Um, even though, let's take Jacob Pieces, for example, even though he didn't really breathe over the over the 50 metres fly, he's not really going to see the competitors, but it's just the, I don't know, the sixth sense, if you like, of knowing there's a swimmer next to you just to kind of spur you on and motivate you, inspire you and the rest of it. Um, so that was a shame. That was There's the added pressure as well that all eyes are on you. You know there's a YouTube stream going live. You know that everyone in the building is literally just watching you. That can be a little bit too much for some swimmers as well. Yes, it, it can get them and affect them performance-wise. So it was difficult. That was That's probably the biggest negative of the whole thing. There um, weren't too many. We did come up with ideas... No, we we did come up with ideas to combat this and just just put different races in the same pool. So, for example, mm. let's say um, a 50 front crawl went in the same race as a 50 fly. The times would be very similar, but it's just someone else in the pool to, to race with, you know? Yeah, especially but, when it uh, came to para swimming, yeah. because in the para finals, because they were all different categories, there was a lot of distance between the swimmers anyway. So it would almost be like that. Yeah, it would be. You're right. I mean, if there's different classifications for Paris, so there will be different. They will be spread apart by, you know, 10, 20, 30 seconds, mm. whatever the classifications are. Um, so you're right. It wouldn't be too much different at all, really. Okay, so let's let's get back on the positive side because there were, like we said at the start, some incredible swims. Who were the standout swimmers from the Manchester meet? Oh, boy, so many. There were loads. Um, <laughs> Go on, I know I'm you've gonna, got a list. I'm going to start with the para swimmers, and yep. I think we have to talk about Ellie Chalice. Yeah, um, definitely. And we have to talk about Jordan Catchpole. Yeah, so I think the biggest swim, I think you agree with me on this, was Ellie Chalice's 100 freestyle. Mm. The British record before her getting in the water was 218. Yeah. She ended up, she broke that record in the heat swim and did a 159, which is, you know, the best part of 20 seconds PB. <laughs> Uh, well, not PB, sorry, 20 seconds off that British record. And then she goes and does a 155 in the final. So it was mm. an, a further four seconds off. So that yeah. was an outstanding swim. Absolutely awesome. She also um, broke the British record in the 50 backstroke as well. She did that twice as well, um, reducing that by a total of three seconds. So I'd, for me, she was the standout swimmer. But there's a close close um, com- competition, if you like, if we're going to go to the top swimmer with Jordan Catchpole. He almost got better. As the as competition went on, he was 0.3 off his British record for the 50 backstroke. Uh, then he ended up being 0.1 off his British record for the 100 backstroke. Uh, but he did end up breaking the British record on the 53. And it was mm. a big swim as well. 0.4 he took off his 53, which is a um, fantastic swim. Especially for early on in the season. Because a lot of swimmers won't have gone into this meet looking for times. You're, you're still no. in a strong training block. There's no taper for this whatsoever. Um, and he was he was swimming a lot. It wasn't just the odd one or two races. Every time there seemed to be a para race on, he was in the water. Yeah, I mean, because of the lack of swimmers being there, the, the rest in between each race was, mm. uh, give or take, about five, ten minutes. Yeah. It was literally, you do your race, you get out, wait for the next race, and then you're in again. So I can only imagine how they're feeling. It was almost like a um, lactate tolerance set, basically. Pretty much, yeah. Because I can't can't imagine them getting much uh, active recovery, like a swim down in between each race. They Mm. must have done about 50, 100 metres max, and then they had to get out and go to the cool room. But um, they've done really, really well. There were were some stories as well coming out afterwards that 
a few of these para swimmers haven't even been in the water. They haven't Which, had they haven't had the opportunity to train like a lot of the elite swimmers have. So for them to be racing yeah. this weekend and doing some really good times, it was really, like when that news came out, I was kind of stunned. I was like, "Are you sure they've still done these times?" Well, that just that just shows you how how incredible that these summers are. And it's not just those two. You had Maisie Summer New- Summers Newton, Ellie mm. Summons, Zara Maluli, Ellie Robinson. You know, a handful, the list goes loads on. of summers. The list goes on. They all did really, really well. Um, maybe Ellie Summons not quite looking as sharp as what she can do, but I imagine she's actually in a tough training block because I think she does have access to the pool. She's probably one of the few yeah. that do. Now, on the able body side, I think mm. there's a few swimmers who kind of, I want to say stand out, but it, standing out isn't close enough. They blew the doors off. They did. and I mean, there, there was a certain number of swimmers who really did turn up, didn't they, this yeah. weekend? Absolutely awesome. Um, I don't know where you want to begin. I'll, I'll let you take over this time. Uh, I can only start with Abby Wood. I Honestly, yeah. my jaw was on the floor for a fair few of her races. And if we start on day one, the 200 mm. meters breaststroke, um, Molly Renshaw equaled the British record. Right yeah. on her shoulder the whole way was Abby Wood. And we had no idea she could do this sort of swim. Oh, honestly, I was shocked. Well, I mean, I was I was shocked in the first place that Molly was able to match the British record. I didn't mm. think she would go anywhere near that sort of time. Uh, the fact that she did is, you know, kudos to her. Yeah. But then Abby Wood, who isn't known really as a 200 breaststroker, to stay on the hip of Molly Renshaw for the entire race, actually, yeah. um, was incredible. I think she was only 0.7 off. If that, yeah. So, something along those lines. So she's not a 200 breaststroker, and yet she's 0.7 off the British record, which yeah, is and absolutely then, staggering. And then if we move on to day two, the 200 mm. freestyle, wow. I know, this this, this one blew me away. <laughs> this one, because uh, I'm obviously a 200 freestyler, and she went in going, I think she did break two minutes before. I think her PB was 159. Yeah, 159. Um, yeah. 159. And in the heat swim, she did two minutes, 201, something along those lines. So we were explore, expecting, weren't we, when uh, when we were watching, that maybe maybe two minutes would be pretty good in the final, but no, one fifty seven nine, and not only what that, swim. she beats British swimming's best hope in the two hundred freestyle in Freya Anderson. Yes, she did. Yeah, I think Freya was slightly uh, slightly out of shape. Uh, I, I say out of shape. I just think she's much the same as Ellie Summons. They're in a tough training mm. block at the moment. Um, so you can't look too much into it. Freya did end up pulling out of some races as well, so the, I'm not on sure. On the third day, yeah. She won it on the underwaters, didn't she? Oh, yes, yeah. And this is credit, again, to David Hemmings, who we have, we've been watching his videos on Twitter, on Instagram, and the work he's doing technically in the side of swimming, mm. so when we, when we say that, it's like the, the starts, the turns, the underwater, all of that sort of stuff, the swimmers he's now almost creating because of this, is is phenomenal. Joe Litchfield is mm. one of them. Um, James Wilby is uh, one who's fun- thinking about his turns. Um, so it's it's credit to him. They're doing a great job at Loughborough. Yeah. And then on the final day for Abbey Wood, it didn't even stop there. The 200 IM, which is on paper her strongest event. Or oh, that's mm. what we thought going in. Now I think she's a 200 freestyler. But the, 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 <laughs> the 200 IM, she set the, I think, the sixth fastest time of all time. Uh, I think you're accurate with that, yes, yeah. which is absolutely incredible. I mean, we're, we're going into this meet where they haven't raced since, uh, for well, for Abby it was ISL, but for some summers 
months and months. So we were thinking, oh, it's just to get them back in the water, get them used to the racing and, you know, the sound of the buzzer, get their reactions, the sharpness going. Um, but we didn't expect her to do two-second PBs on near enough every race she did. Yeah, th- three races, three PBs. What more can you ask for? And how much further is this going to go when it comes to British trials in Tokyo? Well, that's the exciting bit. Yeah. I mean, who knows? I mean, she she broke she broke through basically at ISL, didn't she? Mm. She was racing the likes of Margallis and um, you know the top IM swimmers in the world, um, and giving them a run for their money as well. And she's only just she's just progressed. Her confidence is flying at the moment, yep. you know. So uh, we look forward to seeing what she does. So what other swimmers stood out for you? Because I've got a handful I could still go through here. Um, there is. There's loads, isn't there? <laughs> yeah. Um, one swim who one that really did stand out for me was Luke Greenbank in the 200 IM. Now he's not. He's oh, okay. more known as a more known as a backstroker, obviously. Yeah. Um, but he really surprised me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was watching it and I thought, well, he's going to take it out on the flying back because that's that's what he does. Yeah. Um, but his breaststroke isn't quite up there with the likes of Joe Litchfield and Max Litchfield and all the rest of it. Um, but he he stood up to them. It was it was incredible. I think he did a two second give or take two second PB on that swim, mm. um, and puts his name right up in the mix because I think he was only a second behind Joe, who is who is a two hundred IM swimmer. So that that one really took my. Uh, took my eye uh what was your favorite race then out of out of all um the 200 free for the guys was obviously a massive deal uh tom dean was impressive all weekend i think he was in he a was. lot of his swims he didn't do the 400 free like i expected but he did i think it was the 100 free mm. the 100 did he do the 100 fly uh he did the 50 fly but then pulled out of the final yeah um, oh no he no he did the 100 fly he yes, did the he 100 did. fly yes, he and he he was yeah. Kind of quietly impressive under the radar. And then you had Joe Litchfield in that 200 freestyle. Again, he went a 147, which was a new PB. Another David Hemmings swimmer who just mm. blew the doors away. Um, and then James Guy. I mean, we, we can't come out of this weekend and not talk mm. about him. Because at ISL, he was awfully quiet. Yes, like, I, I, we very, didn't even notice him. Yeah. So for him at a big meet like that, that's really, really rare. And he went into this weekend... In our eyes, it needing a a big swim here or there to kind of mm. shut people up slightly. Yeah, and kind I of cement came... cement his place in the team for Tokyo because there was tiny, tiny doubts after ISL what sort of form he was in, and then the two hundred butterfly, which he doesn't train for, according to his dad, mm. and then what was it a one fifty six? Fifty six. He went. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. He it, like that one. He. He let it out. The first 100, we're like, what's he doing? He's taking this out really hard. And then in the morning session, he couldn't keep that going. But then the evening session, obviously, he just tweaked something in his stroke. He Or he had a bit more confidence. He knew he had it in the bag. And that time, at the end of day two, was just stunning. It came out of nowhere. We didn't expect it at all. No. And uh, I remember watching his heat swim, and I was kind of... I was watching it because he w- he let off the gas so much in the last 25 metres. I couldn't actually work out whether he was fatiguing or he was actually going off the gas. Mm. Um, turns out he was going off the gas because that 156 swim was... Uh, that did. It came out of nowhere and put a good mood on the at the end of day two, mm. didn't it, actually? And then he followed um, that up in day three with the 200 freestyle win, which was a very competitive race and bodes well for GB's 4x200 team. I think that's what we should take away from that, actually. The 4 by 200 relay team now, we've now got, based off that, three swimmers that can go 147 
Um, and of course, Duncan Scott comes in some mix who can do a 144, I think he yeah. can do. Well, um, James Guy has gone a 145 before. Five. Yeah, so if and we Tom put Dean's all gone a 146. Yeah, if we put all those swimmers in and they're on the top of their game, we can give America a real run for their mm. money. And uh, based off that, I do think we will medal in yeah. that relay. So do I. Um, so very good. From a British point of view, that is absolutely outstanding. Um, and it's not just a 4 by 2 I think the 4 by one medley will come in handy because, again, Luke Greenbank did pretty well in the 100 backstroke. 54.6 is the, the time he swam. Um, that time does need to come down if we're going to compete with America in that race. So, um, I mean, if you think of Ryan Murphy, he goes 51. That's a bit of a it's a bit of a gap there. I mean, of course, PC brings it back when there's breaststroke, but then America going with uh, with Dressel. So we need that time to come down. But overall, I think um, most swimmers should be pretty happy. One thing that actually one thing that really did stand out for me, and I said this on Twitter, didn't I? Was Joe Litchfield's start? Yeah. My word, that was stunning. I mean, if you think Dressel takes away half half of a body length of his competitors, that's exactly what Joe Litchfield was doing this weekend. Mm. So I'd I'd love to see I'd love to see Dressel and, and Joe race now, just to see how far behind Dressel's start he really meters. is. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what would be really interesting if we could break down Joe's start with him on the YouTube video for everyone. That'd be really That'd good. That'd be fun. nice. That would be good, wouldn't it? Okay. Yeah. Have um, I have I missed any swimmers? Um, another name that comes to mind uh, is Jacob Whistle, mm. um, and of course he is sixteen, seventeen, well, I 17 think seventeen now, yeah. now. Um, and he is—he's just a, a sprinting sensation. I'm, I'm really hoping that he continues to swimming, stays motivated, stays inspired, stays in the sport because we could be looking at a potential Olympic medalist in the fifty and hundred free in years to come. Yeah, I um, think he's got what is it, the fastest ever fourteen year old hundred freestyle time. Quicker than Chalmers and Dressel. Yeah. yeah. I mean that that's the sort of talent we're we're dealing with here. Yeah. Um and I, th- he... I think there's a very real possibility if the four by one hundred relay team goes to Tokyo freestyle, mm. he's on it. I really I would have do. thought so. Especially yeah. for the heats, I would take him to get that experience of an Olympics. Well, this is the 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 thing that we noticed with him is that he was he I think he PB'd in every race he did this weekend, which mm. is absolutely Close incredible, it, by yeah. the way. Um, but he always swam quicker in the heats than he did in the final. So I don't know mm. if that is the lack of experience, the lack of confidence. I'm not I'm not quite sure. But um, again, it could be rustiness from not racing yep. for for so long. But um, I think we should take that a lot of positive from him, his swims, uh, along with Matt Richards, actually. Our sprinting is looking quite good, and Matt is only yes. 19. And then also so. you've got Ben Proud to throw back into that as well when he's back fit and on form. Yeah, I mean, British trials might be quite interesting if those three go head-to-head for the 50. Mm. I mean, it's a straight shootout, because uh, as far as I know, it's going to be the top two go to Tokyo. Yep. So one of them misses out, which is uh, tough. a shame, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tough. But it's a good it's a good problem to have for GB, so we can't complain too much. Okay, so overall, kind of the swimmers of the meet were Abby Woods, Molly Renshaw, very very good. Mm-hmm. Quietly, Tom Dean did some really good swims. James Guy, very impressive. Joe Litchfield, again, a lot of these swimmers are carrying on form from ISL, and it's not overly surprising when you read out these names. And then we had Jacob Whistle as well, setting all sorts of crazy times for a 17-year-old that me and you could only dream of. I know. I'm, I, it would be dreaming because yeah. I'd never be able to do that time ever. So, so fantastic. 
What this weekend has left us with is confidence that Trials is going to go ahead in some form or another. We're going to have racing on our TV. How many people can actually go to it? That's to be seen. That's probably mm. down to government rather than British swimming. Yep. Um, but it was great to see swimming on our screens again. Oh, definitely. I mean, I can't remember the last time swimming was shown live on YouTube as well. So everyone was able to access it, which is exactly what swimming needs. Yeah. Um, and while we're talking about live on YouTube, this yes. is the little thing I teased at at the start. Now, if <laughs> anyone didn't tune in to our YouTube channel this weekend, what me and Dan did was something that I think it came to mind on Friday afternoon, just before racing was about to go ahead. We said, yep. why don't we live stream our alternate commentary and kind of live reactions to this racing? And boy, was that an experience. I tell you what, I mean, we never sort of, we never even thought about the kind of work that commentators do. Mm. And it is tiring. I mean, hard work. It's now, we're recording this on Tuesday and I'm still really quite tired from the weekend. <laughs> Um, but so, it was a really yeah. good experience. So we we had live interactions with our subscribers. They asked us questions as the meet was going along. Mm. It was it was like a really authentic experience of watching the meet. And what this has led for us to decide to do is for the para and able body trials for Tokyo happening in the middle of April, so the eighth till the sixteenth. I think all of that kind of week is when it's happening is we are going to do live streaming again we are going to we did loads of research we're going to talk about british swimming a bit give you guys something a bit different because on the british swimming feed it was a little stale um yes i mean i think the idea came to us to do this live stream was when i remember actually when sarah vasey was swimming in a 200 breaststroke mm. and she was doing a 100 meter split wasn't she? Yeah, painful. The, the common and, and the commentator was like, "Oh my gosh, she's lost count." I mean, you don't lose count on a two hundred breaststroke. Let me tell you that right now. You, it's impossible to do that for maybe an eight hundred. Yeah, I can understand, but for a two four lengths, you don't lose count. No, nope. and especially when she splits sixty eight. I mean, it's it's clear to see any any swimming person would would know that. And so we thought, we I think I feel like we could do this, and that's the reason why we did the live streams in the end. Um, so yes, the, the plan is to do live streams for the trials both para and able body as well yeah and we would love to say that we are going to do it for the olympic games however we have looked at the time difference for the finals and it would mean me and dan being up at one in the morning till three in the morning at which point i have no idea how much british audience we are actually going to have yeah i mean once we found that out it was uh, we kind of thought ah, oh, such a shame but it's just not it's not practical at all mm. we, it won't go to the british audience it might cater to the american audience but being a british podcast we do want to cater to britain first yeah but um yeah that was a shame really but we'll we'll think of something to to do it we might just do a live twitter feed as we normally do for competitions I think. yeah and i think we might just do a podcast every day we'll, we'll see how that goes yeah. kind of review every day but live streaming is definitely happening for british trials so if you want to watch that make sure you are subscribed to our youtube channel because you will get notified of when we are going mm. live basically yeah it was great to have we had a little question and answer session didn't we for for 10 minutes during it and um we had so many so many questions it was, it was good to see like a community of of swimmers talking about swimming um talking about our experiences and other people's experiences our thoughts on who's going to medal at olympics etc etc um 
And of course, they gave us a feedback of <laughs> what they would like to see, what we did badly, what we did well. So um, we'd like feedback all the time. Yeah, it was, uh, it was really to beneficial better. to have, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and that's the reason why we're doing it again. Yeah. Okay, so all that's left to say, really, is swimming's back. Racing is back on our screens. And clearly, British swimming is in a very, very good place right now. Believe it or not. I know. Can you believe it? It's that's, quite stunning. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we really look forward to April, actually, because at that time we'll zoom by. Um, just before we finish, I do have a quick shout out. Um, over at Brighton, there is a mm. new 50 meter swimming pool, outdoor swimming pool that is currently in the planning process, which needs as much support as it can get. So all you have to do to support this planning application is follow the link in the description of this podcast and that will direct you to the planning portal, a little bit more about the project, why they're building a 50 meter outdoor pool. But as a YouTube channel that bases around swimming, a podcast that bases around British swimming, we can't not support this cause. Absolutely. I mean, we say this all the time. We don't just cater to the elite side. We cater to every aspect of swimming. Uh, and this is a fantastic course. I have a 50 meter pool down in Bryson. Uh, will you know bring the, more the, talent to swimming? Yeah, the more pools, the better, in my eyes. Yes, absolutely. can't have too. Oh, many. definitely. Yeah, especially fifty meter pools as well. They yes. are hard to come by in this country compared to others like America. So, <laughs> okay, that just about rounds up this week's episode of the Propulsion Swimming Podcast. Please subscribe to us on YouTube or all your other podcast providing platforms. I will be back next week with an interview for you all. Yes, yes. Well, I look forward to this interview, actually. We've uh, we put this in the planning for quite a while now, so uh, looking forward to it. I won't be on it because of the whole connection and the Zoom, and we want to keep quality high, so it will be just Scott, uh, and I look forward to listening to it, yeah. and hopefully everyone else will too. Okay, I will see you all in seven days. And I'll catch you on the next one. You've been listening to the Propulsion Swimming Podcast with Scott and Dan. We want to thank you for joining us and invite you to subscribe to the show as well as checking out the Propulsion Swimming YouTube channel for weekly tutorials and videos to get your swimming fix. We will be back next week. Until then, we'll catch you on the next one. I swam 1,416 lengths of my local pool. That's 22 miles, the width of the English Channel. In 12 weeks, you could conquer the English Channel too. Rediscover the joys of swimming from April by taking on Diabetes UK's life-changing challenge, Swim 22, in your local pool, and find a fitter you with every stroke. Click the banner or search Swim 22 to sign up for free today.